Do you like Disney? Do you like movies? Do you like friends who watch these movies? Disney Channel, Tipsy Paddle, Disney Channel, Tipsy Paddle, Disney Channel, Tipsy Paddle, yeah! Hey everybody, welcome to the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel, the only podcast where we watch and review all the DCOMs that you know and love, and all the ones that you don't. My name is Brandon Lamudo, and I have so many friends here, and I need you to meet them all. They're wonderful people. First up, we have the marvelous Miss Brandon Banta. Nothing you can do can take me away from Smart House. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we also have here the inimitable Mr. James Letiri. Hi, friends. I love you so much. We love you, too. We have our co-host and sound engineer, the wonderful, the beautiful Mr. Ryan Metz. <laughs> Hi. Do you like his breath? That's his breath. I'm nervous. Oh, don't be nervous. You're going to do great. You I'm always excited. do. Oh, yeah, me too. And uh, we have a guest here. We have a wonderful guest here. It's somebody that we've wanted to have on this since the very beginning. He is a good friend of ours. He is a writer. He is a filmmaker based in Los Angeles. He is one of the founders of the film collective Eclectic Youth, which actually just put out uh, two short films, which he wrote and co-produced. Um, those are A Bug Strife and Time Enforcer. They were featured in a bunch of festivals all across the country, including in Los Angeles, in Austin, and sunny Fargo, North Dakota. Please welcome Jared Corwin. You know, last time I was in New York, I saw a car, and uh, since I've been back, I'm just saying, like, man, they're everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of those, aren't there? I'm glad you noticed. It's funny because you live in Los Angeles, which is the city of cars. They only have sidecars there. <laughs> no one really gets anywhere. Well, we're happy to have you, Jared. Thanks for coming. Um, well, then, today's movie is a movie we've wanted to do for a long time. This is uh, Smart House. Smart House uh, was released in 1999. Um, it was directed by LeVar Burton. Uh, who you may, He wasn't in the movie, but you might know him from Star Trek. You might know him from Reading Rainbow. Um, you might know him from his uh, cameo role on uh, Community. Uh, he's done so many things, but he directed this. Um, it features pre-Luck of the Irish Ryan Merriman, who <laughs> we're all very familiar with, um, and a bunch of other people. Before we get into the movie, we're called the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel for a reason. We have our chief mixologist here, James, and he's made us... As always, a fantastic drink that we are enjoying. We want you to enjoy it with us. So, James, tell us what's in this drink. Oh, my gosh. I love that you guys love these drinks because I love making them. And I especially love drinking them. Uh, so, this is Smart House Sangria because it's wicked hot out. And uh, I thought it would be nice and refreshing. And also, it's hard to get some food in the, from this movie. So, what it is, it's just a super secret recipe from Epicurious.com. <laughs> With uh, dry red wine, brandy, triple sec, uh, lemonade concentrate, which I didn't know. I think that's a big help. Uh, fresh orange juice and then a whole bunch of fruit. And I threw some peaches and some strawberries in there because Ben loves peach cobbler and his sister loves strawberry shakes, I think. Oh, yeah, the strawberry <laughs> smoothies. She's strawberry smoothie, strawberry which smoothies. is blue, but we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, now, before I explain the plot of this movie, um, you might be thinking to yourself, should I watch Smart House before I listen to this podcast? I recommend, yes, absolutely. Um, everybody considers it a classic. If you haven't seen it already, go watch it. 
But um, yeah, I mean, we want you to be in on this with us. We want you to enjoy the experience just as much as we are, as much as we enjoy talking about it right now. So if you haven't, go watch it. Come on back. And then come listen to the rest. It's like 84 minutes. Just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not that much of your life. You'll be fine. Um, but yes, Smart House. So um, just a quick recap so everybody remembers what Smart House is about. 13-year-old Ben Cooper enters an online contest and wins the house of the future, fully equipped with supercomputer Pat. Basically an allusion to 2001 A Space Odyssey's Hal and an eerily accurate precursor to Amazon Alexa, Google Home, all those things. Ben hopes that Pat will be able to take over all their housekeeping duties without replacing the hole left by his mother's passing. But when he tries to make some personality changes to Pat's system, it develops a motherly god complex, eventually concluding that she is the only one who can protect the Coopers from the, quote, dangers of the rest of the world. But yeah, that's Smart House. Let's get right into it then. There's, there's, there's a lot going on in this movie. Um, let's start right from the beginning. So we got the opening scene. It's a little, little paper boy going on his route and he's throwing the newspapers as paper boys do, but smart house won't have any of that. Just throwing the newspaper. No, no, no. Smart house makes it very clear to this kid that she will be watching his performance. Throw as, better. <laughs> throw it better. Speaking Put it in the designated spot. That actor just did such an incredible, like... After he, uh, after the smart house, uh, you know, grabs the paper, he looks left, looks right. You guys see this? You guys <laughs> see this? <sighs> I ain't get paid enough for this shit. <laughs> you guys see this early 2000 CGI tentacle come out and grab a newspaper and then suck it into a house? Wait, but then why does it need to be so precisely tossed, this newspaper, if the house could just grab it from wherever it lands? Where does she, he want to, does he want to toss it at the, like, the home, like the the front right there. I suppose it's supposed to go at the door, so nobody has to come out and get it. But it doesn't really matter because she goes straight to the the, the collection thing to grab the newspaper anyway. So yeah, the whatever. house is gonna get it. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's close or far. I guess doesn't want to burn extra energy. I don't know. It's it's very odd. But anyway, so the exposition that we get is inside. It's the woman who created the house, uh, Sarah Barnes, and this other guy who's just kind of there. He he just seems to be playing the millionaire mogul, but. He didn't make the house. It's unclear whether he funded it. It's never stated. He's just there to, to shoot out some quick, witty, witty retorts. He's the publicist, because the two right. people you need to make a smart house are <laughs> the engineer and then the publicist. Well, he wasn't doing a very good job, because only 8,000 people voted to like into this contest. They only opened it up to the town. I noticed that area, but most of those are are just what's his name are just Ben because yeah. he entered it so many times. One of my scathing uh, notes I wrote was, "Who? What does he not have to enter his area code into his phone number? <laughs> like, what does this movie think they are?" And then I realized, okay, it actually makes sense. Yeah, it shouldn't be so critical. Yeah, no, I I said the same thing. Like, why don't they have to say what what state they're from, just the county? And then I realized, yeah, no, it's it's just the people there, which is a very limited scope. But whatever, we could we could move past that. Um, that's our introduction to the house. The house can do everything, and they're they're raffling it off. Um, cut to the Cooper family, uh, which is Ben and his little sister Angie, just the the wise cracking child who never gets enough credit for anything they do, and the father. Um, he looks so familiar, and I looked it up on IMDb, and I'm not sure why I recognize him because he's just like a, a, a like just a dad character in several things, and I couldn't pin down. He has a very generic like Disney dad look about him. Like he he really does look like a Corey Matthews dad on Boy Meets World. Oh which, yeah, which would also just look like a 
a, a, a very adamant racist fireman in American <laughs> history X. You know what? That's that that's totally it though. It's definitely Boy Meets World, but it's not him. So now now he was I, in Home I Alone three. Really? Oh yeah, he was in Home Alone three. At first, I thought he was the old man from A Hundred Deeds for Eddie McDowd, but that was a uh, different guy who kind of looks like him. Similar facial features. Uh, so he's he is just the Disney dad. I Whether thought, or yeah. not he's in these things, he's just a Disney. I dad. thought I recognized his voice, but um. You know, if he didn't have any voice acting credits, then he's probably just a nobody. Yeah, I thought he was my dad, and then I checked, and he's he's not. He's <laughs> not my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so we meet the family. Um, they're all you know bogged down with all the extra chores they have to do because um, because the mother passed away several years prior, um, which is uh, which is again the 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 spurring of all of the conflict in this whole movie. Um, and then Ben enters this contest because he wants to, you know, cut, you know, ease the slack for the family, which which gives us our first great view of, you know, what they imagined uh, 90s computer graphics would look like if they were really good and they're really bad. They never, ever got that right in no. one movie. No, N- never. Um, and that, there's the I, I do remember specifically the one the one shot when they're in the smart house and it just shows like. Uh, ben eats too much sugar, and it just says like sugar, and there's like red bars, but <laughs> there's no labels on these bars. They're just bars. This whole element of uh, the smart house uh, mechanism in that it can project just just images and places onto the walls, and then you're transported to those places uh, by being in the room. And of course, it's like very clearly green screen. But interesting thing. Uh, the budget of this movie actually ballooned to billions of dollars because Lamar <laughs> Burton insisted they film every single shot on location. So they really went to the Disney Orchestra. They really went to the beach. Like, they filmed everything on location. He insisted. That's an amazing fact. Where'd you read that? I made it up. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's, boy. That's I entered into Wikipedia, and then it became true because that's how Wikipedia works. Mm-hmm. Don't you miss those days when it really did happen that way? <laughs> That's really incredible that they shot that on location because I wrote the green screen work is quite bad in this movie. Oh man, it is it is terrible. Um, I I had watched it on on a large TV and then I just assumed oh it's just bad because you know they didn't have TVs this big when they made this movie in 1999. But then I was looking at clips on my laptop and it it just is that bad. Yeah, it's it's as bad as. It looks. You can really oh, well. see Angie's hair kind of like trail into like the green screen, like abyss, like just in the scenes with her kind of close up. It's they great. tried, but what I did really appreciate was was the green screen of of the bewitched classic Say oh, La Vie. Man. Yes, I, 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 they didn't. It was just you know a, a, a twenty second little little clip of what was it? Angie just jumping on the bed, but uh, no, I really did appreciate that. I haven't thought about that song in years. There were too many musical breaks in this movie oh yeah they i wrote down a couple of the names of the songs houses jumping jump jump jump, jump. houses Houses jumping slam dunk the funk (laughs) of course uh say la vie by bewitched they have a choreographed boy band dance at one point i have something very important to say about that as a for as a former young boy in the 90s i can tell you that no boy Ever knew no group of boys ever knew the choreographed dances to any boy band's moves. That no. that just did not happen. Nope. And they all were just like, oh, we. They didn't even like say, oh, let's do the dance. They just knew it immediately. <laughs> they were just drawn just, to it. They yes, it, like moths to a flame. <laughs> it's the most popular dance. In. It was like the Macarena. They were just kind of like in throwing their arms out too, like. Mm, mm, but they were step, synchronized step. with the band. Yeah. Oh, they Perfectly. knew it. Very interesting. 
Um, but on the topic of Ben, I don't mean to get too overarching right now, but this whole movie is Ben's fucking fault, and it's never really acknowledged. It is thrown out in passing at the end where he's like, oh, guess I shouldn't have messed with that computer. But it, but it, at that point, nobody really cares anymore, and the movie just, just kind of ends. But he ruined everything. Well, in Ben's defense, he has been, quote, killing himself yeah. to save this family. That was a messed up line. He did say that. That was a rage outburst. Mm-hmm. There was actually a ten-minute uh, self-mutilation scene that they cut. I, I, read. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> I also wrote that in on Wikipedia. Oh my goodness! And read it. Well, Ben just wants to prove that they don't need a mom, and his dad doesn't need a mom, and they're fine. And he's like screening his dad's calls and not telling him when these women are calling him back. He's just cock-blocking his dad left and right. In- Nick is so horny. He's the horniest oh, yeah. dad. Oh. In fact, there's one point where, I mean, I don't want to make this weird, but he does kiss Angie on the lips and he twists Ben's nipple. He also... He does them both at the same time. (laughs) He also (laughs) kind of gives Angie a little pat on the tush, which I thought was a little, like, weird... Well, I would have loved you, you know you know that part where um where the the computer scans Angie's like blood records and learns everything about her. She's just like Nick, you're. 89% 89% come. I would have loved, yes, I would have loved to <laughs> Nick Cooper, three cases of syphilis and one case of gonorrhea. Ugh. Well, not to get off the topic of the dad, but I thought when she scanned her finger, does this technology in the smart house exist in hospitals or is it only in the smart house? So that's what I was wondering. Um, she she says that, it, uh, she says, uh, Sarah, Sarah Barnes, the one who invented it, she says that the computer analyzed your DNA, um, took your body temperature, and extracted your medical history. So it sounds like this is not coming from hospital databases. I think they just know this. It also analyzed Ben's breath to see mm. that he hasn't gotten enough like vitamins. That, however, would be... I would love to have a breathalyzer in my kitchen, so when I come home, my smart house just tells me, you're drunk, (laughs) here's some Pedialyte, go to bed. Don't Um, make those pizza rolls, go to bed. Also, why... Why didn't the smart house company like have a system thinking, hey, maybe someone might like enter a bunch of the same applications from the same IP address? Like that just seems like a very seems like the nineties. No one was thinking about that. They were still using dial up. That's very true. Ben, this, Ben's dad couldn't get calls because Ben fell asleep with the internet plugged in. And, this, and he also mm-hmm. fell asleep with his feet up on the desk, leaned back. He slept for, like that for eight hours. For, yeah. That's my point. And he's like, long. Oh man, school. Oh oh boy. I, I, I did love Ben's outfit, though. I think it's the first outfit we see him in, which is just a, a cut-off uh, sweatshirt with just a basketball on it. And, and he's, he's holding, holding a basketball. I said it in the same note. Ryan Merriman is really typecast <laughs> in, in Disney movies. And he plays for the, the team Big Dogs. <laughs> Big dogs. It also seems like the basketball he's holding is also green screen for some reason in that <laughs> moment. You never know. We got our first basketball moment in this Disney movie real quick because they mm-hmm. all have to have one. Oh, yeah. From what we've seen so far. If there's no basketball, it's not a Disney Channel yeah. original movie. <laughs> and But but unfortunately, what what is it? Ben can't try out for the team because, as Brennan so aptly pointed out, he's killing himself. He's too busy making these gross tuna <laughs> macaroni for his horrible family. <laughs> oh, God. That meal looked terrible. 
Oh god, that is it like... ever explained what Nick does for a living? The father. Oh well, well, there is a moment where he says that um, I'll have those I'll have those bats and gloves shipped out to you. So I think he runs like a like a. Sp- a sports equipment distributing company. <laughs> of course. Cool. I also think that's what the dad did on uh, uh, Boy Meets World. Maybe. I th- I just feel like that's a trope. Is that like someone's father, or like owning a sports equipment store or working in like sports like marketing? Just just, just blank management or blank administration is just in in any kids movie. That's the parents' job. Insert sports. You don't need is to dad. know what that is. You he just g- need to know that it's it's managing. So they get so they get this they get the smart house obviously um, they they learn all about it and then you know the first day things are pretty smooth you know things the house are can, awesome yeah the house can provide literally anything they want and it would stay like that if not for Ben being the worst and in classic Ryan Merriman fashion he this character also just does not have clear motivations because his first motivation is. I don't want anyone to replace mom. I don't want, uh, you know, he's watching that 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 touching video of of his mom who passed away some years prior. Rest and, in peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> and he, so it's basketball and dead moms. Basketball and dead movies. moms. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want anyone to take the place of his mom. Fast forward like ten minutes, and he hacks into the system so he can get the computer to act like a mom. I don't I don't know where where he got well, that. Well, I from. think with that he was like saying like, "Well, we don't need a mom. We have a smart house. That's why I got smart house. Let me prove that point by making her even more mom." I guess that makes sense. You but... really didn't want Nick to have sex. That's really what it comes down to. Oh, he man. was so rude to Sarah when they were eating dinner. Mm. He just kept going, "No, you're like definitely a genius, right? You're like so smart." He was the worst. Oh yeah. No, he's he's pretty terrible. <laughs> he's like, "You made a promise to me." <laughs> He's that, like, that is, promise. However, that is classic kid fat fashion of just like, you know, you're going through trauma and you remember just this one thing from like four years ago that stays in your head forever. Yeah. And the father's like, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, but that it was an important promise to someone who just like Nick was kind of a narcissist when he's like, when did I say that? Like, when did I make this very important promise to you about your dead mom and our family dynamic? He's like, sorry, that- I didn't write it down. Is that what he said? It wouldn't surprise <laughs> no, he, me. He didn't say that. I added that on Wikipedia. You should have emailed me to confirm. <laughs> So yes, Ben hacks into the system and he tells uh, Pat, "Here, watch these, um, you know, TV Land style um, classic um, ma- matriarch shows. Mama knows best." And <laughs> <laughs> I loved the names of those shows. And she just goes, "Okay," and then she immediately becomes a mom, taking machine learning to a whole new level. Just watching about typical mom tropes on TV and then becoming this helicopter mom right away mm-hmm. we've made it too far without saying this but katie sagel's role in this is in my opinion iconic this is this is how i first recognized her and then i you know i i watched futurama years later and said oh i recognize that voice katie sagel well this was contemporary to married with children yes mm-hmm. and she she uh, um what was that that was like eight seasons that was a long show that was a that was a very popular show that i think that's why the poster of this movie is her as a real person, which doesn't get revealed until much later, but right. that's why it was so prominent because she was definitely the most recognizable, at least TV face. Oh yeah, when this Futurama came out. was there. This came out in 1999, so Futurama was like well in development at that time. So Fut- she, I think she was on fire. Futurama like just came out because yeah. it that the the you know the show starts off 
in 2000. At, at the turn of the at the turn of the millennium, and then it goes into that would, then there would have also been a big get for Disney to even get her onto this because they were probably trying to really pitch the Disney Channel original movies, and we're like, oh, there's this big starlet. It worked well. That was she before Futurama was what it is. It was just it was well, well, nobody knew. For, it was Matt Groening from, from but, Married from Married for Children. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Right. We could discuss Katie Sagal all day. She's a wonderful woman. Um, Best part of the movie. Agreed. Oh, a hundred percent by far. She's she's great. So you know, um, Pat becomes the mom, and then she, um, she um she she tries to become a mom. She tries to like you know get the kids to have fun. But I guess her idea of having fun. I don't know where she got this from. All the the mom things, but her idea is to throw an unsupervised party. Well, she goes through her archives and goes, "What do kids like?" Oh, right. She finds fun. She finds dancing, and she goes dancing. Fun. She finds an MTV. Oh, right. MTV though. Yes. Music party channel, and I actually really appreciate. It. I always love this in movies when, like, you know, you don't make Coke. You make like Coca-Cola. Like you make your own <laughs> brands and you make your own like things. So it's like I really did generally enjoy that they had music party channel rather than just like using MTV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that was. I can't believe I skipped over that whole that whole thing. That was that was truly incredible. Just watching her download fun and dancing. Um. But yeah, so so you know, we get to the party and um at the party, you know, the she she invites all of Ben's friends by email and Ben has no idea. Um which which surprises me. First of all, it surprises me that he has all of his friends' emails. Was that a thing that people did back then? No, like we were only no. we were only a few years younger than he was in this movie at the time and I don't think anybody did that. We had people's screen names. And yeah, AIM existed then, well, we didn't, didn't have it? Email. 19, yeah, no, that was like when I made my first screen name. I was Brandonian35. <laughs> mm-hmm. be- Before we well, really go into the party section for a second, can we talk about how after he got, he like took his dad's advice and like stood up to the bully and got a black eye? Pat's recommendation was like, put this raw steak, this raw beef on your bare face your eyeball and your face and your mouth and just keep it there until it's less swole it was very betty draper yeah <laughs> advice was raw well just rub raw meat on your face well it's because he uh it's because ben showed her all of these 50s shows oh for sure and that's where that's where she learned it and the, the, the dad even says like that's nobody's done this since the 50s if anyone's touching me it's me said nick <laughs> about himself <laughs> Ooh, wait speaking of <laughs> pat knows Sorry. when every when both of them masturbate pat definitely knows when the when nick or ben are just rubbing one gives out gives them tips wait who you mean oh, pat oh pat now <laughs> that would be something <laughs> no same way that she gives helpful. them tips on how to play play baseball like you should loosen your wrist upon <laughs> completion for a much more powerful S- orgasm. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they do say, I think uh, Sarah says, like, oh, no, she won't watch you in the shower, but you know Pat's watching them in the uh-huh. shower. If, if Pat's controlling the shower temperature, yeah. Pat knows. Pat knows everything. That's how else on. would she assess their health? Yeah, you know, you got you got to know how you got to know how they they pleasure themselves to really know how healthy they Nick, are. Nick, you seem to be experiencing some shrinkage. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I change the temperature of your shower? Do you think she offers him any help? You know, or like play oh. some mood music. Oh, she she definitely do that. Comes out and and you know diddles she a little bit. Claw. She clearly projects <laughs> gate videos onto the. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, very interesting. <laughs> that 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 is a game changer. I also thought a, a really, really amazing moment 
um, was when uh, Angie was like talking to talking to Ben. And he was like, "Oh, you know, Nick Nick likes Sarah. You know." Ben was like, "Don't be so stupid. Like, no one can replace mom." And he's just like getting really, really upset about it. And Angie's like, "Okay, okay, I'm sorry." And she's like, "It's fine. Just don't be ignorant. And why don't you think before you speak?" Ben is an asshole. Oh yeah, no. Ben I is- mean, the, the the justification, I suppose, is just his mom died. But uh, yeah, no. There's no reason to be a little dickhead. I agree. Yeah, but deal with it better. I do like that in this movie, as compared to some of the ones we've watched, his dad actually does take a stand and is like, you're not going to act like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, First of all, he says, you're not the only one who lost somebody. Mm. And second of all, he goes, I understand you're upset, but you're not going to be rude to somebody. And I was like, hell yeah. Because he, the dads or the parents in these movies never seem to really stand up to their kids. Because it's always from the, the kid's perspective, watch. and they always want to be like, no, the kid knows. But no, he's a real dick in this movie. Uh, yeah, and in, mo- in, mo- in a lot of like Disney shows I've seen, especially from like the late 2000s onward, they portray all of the parents as just total dolts because it's a kid's show, and it's funnier to see the parents that are just, you know, bumbling oafs. Yeah. But the- this, you know, Nick was a good dad. He's a good Disney dad. He's not adult. He's an adult. <laughs> Yes, I I, I, it. <laughs> I, I didn't realize what you said, but I got it now. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that was a very intense and meaningful conversation that they had, and I thought it was a little out of place almost. But I think yeah, it taught a good lesson. Well, I, I mean, I kind of disagree. Like, I I really do think that the the biggest merit of the show, this movie, is that at its heart, uh, it's basically a story of how prolonged loss affects a small family and their ability to carry on, and how technology and convenience is used as a distraction from real conversations. So that really seemed like a moment in which they're having a genuine conversation. Damn, that's deep. I thought it was about dancing to boy bands. I mean, that's also what it's I thought about. it was about how we can stop the hoarding epidemic <laughs> <laughs> by having the floor absorb all of our trash. Brandon, you didn't watch Smart House. You just watched a bunch of episodes of Hoarders. <laughs> <laughs> Where does all that stuff go? I anyway. wondered that. Um, didn't they say? But it was a very, ge- it was a very generic. An- no, they just said. Through her floorboards, yeah. and and yeah. to where do they have like no. a septic tank of just all this stuff just oh just just sitting into there into the house coagulating into the home of hoarders where they won't even notice it. I imagine <laughs> just like a homeless guy like sleeping by a ravine like under like a boardwalk or a bridge or something, and then just like all this stuff just like falls on him. And I really want to know where all this food is. So I wondered that too. We get a yeah. very clear example of there being hundreds of oranges in this house at that time. Are there hundreds of every every food that they would be consuming? Food doesn't last forever either. I no. mean, a hundred oranges like that's gonna last. They're you eating like... lobster at one point. That is gonna go bad quickly. There's they a message also... about consumerism in here. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They also mentioned, like Sarah mentions, when no spoiler alert, uh, Smart House just holds them captive. Um, they also mention. Uh, that oh, there's enough food in there to last a month, but it's not like preserves. It's not like oatmeal. It's like actual fruit. <laughs> Like animals, like lobster, like fresh vegetables and stuff. So it's like, how long can that so possibly last? So this actually last? reminds me of a point I wrote down: is is Smart House like intelligent or is it magic? Oh. Or when she's playing with the dog, hello mutt, catch it mutt. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was ma- mutt. That was a hundred percent magic. That was magic. Yeah. Catch it mutt. <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> uh, aside from from all the things we could say about the the terrible late nineties uh, graphics. Um, we do get that moment where Pat, you know, um, manifests in human form and says, um, you know, they're talking and Ben says, oh, I got to tell Sarah. And, and Katie Sable goes, 
Sarah, she couldn't tell a virtual projection from a hologram. I don't think there's a difference. No. I looked it up just to be sure. <laughs> there is there is not a difference between those two things, and I would love to hear the writer try to justify what the difference is supposed to it be. It was just a really good anti-joke. I yeah. guess so. I liked also after that, she said, I have been working my microchips past the silicone for you. Clever line. Slaving Very. over a hot, um, like, Microprocessor. Uh, Motherport. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Motherport. <laughs> Yeah, I, I also thought it was really funny how Sarah was like, oh, she must have done this, this, and this, and that's how we can see her. It's like, oh, did you not program her to do this? <laughs> this is just something that she thought of on her own. Well, that's always a part of, you know, the, the science fiction universe, the computer. That's where the singularity comes from. The computer can now do something that we didn't think it could. But Right, but this is not that deep. This is a Disney Channel original movie. On, but I actually thought, like, as far as sci-fi goes, like, it was pretty poignant sci-fi, like, kind of boiled down to, like, the most simple storyline ever. I agree. Well, I think at the end, Sarah says something to the effect of she was getting so much conflicting data that she just didn't know what to do. Like, she just held them hostage. Like, I need to fix it. So I think it's also, like, the confused family dynamic and the missing roles that they're all trying to fill. That's kind of part of why she's so confused. Why did she think that starting a hurricane in the house was going to fix their problems? Unclear. I wonder the same thing. Because Where family can be a hurricane. <laughs> Good. Okay. That's, that, that's enough of an answer. That, that explains it perfectly for me. <laughs> let's back up. Let's back up. Um, did we talk about the party yet? No, we, let's talk about the party. Uh, and before the party was the date, right? Okay, with, then, yeah, okay the, yes. Then let's go back to the date. the really, really intense kissing and the awkward very sensual. chocolate. Very, very yeah. sensual for a Disney Channel movie. She was like, I want chocolate. And then he was like, how about this chocolate Hershey kiss I pulled that was been sitting next to my warm, horny groin for the past <laughs> two hours? I'm so horny. Smells that's my, like That's gooch. my Nick. Oh impression <laughs> that's a good impression you've got him down oh, but then when he finally actually got around to kissing a woman then all he could think about was his kids <laughs> yeah he's <laughs> like kiss oh i just want to kiss my kids good night uh, and she also like Gross. still has her teeth out she's not prepared for it almost she's and then she's she goes was it that bad i'm out of practice mm -hmm. i mean she's <laughs> sweet but yeah she's a little dweeby she's oh yeah a big dweeb Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, their date is awkward as all hell uh, But at the same time, this party is happening um, I think the standout moment of the party Is 100% the popular girl Gwen's butterfly clips Because she's got like a dozen of them in her hair It's not the spooky scary skeleton? I do I like spooky scary skeleton okay, I love how the spooky skeleton just screamed in sweet guitar <laughs> And that's <laughs> truly what just scared the bully Was this awesome awesomely bad uh bad cgi skeleton just j lunging at him like you're watching a shrek 4d adventure at universal studios and it just screams in yeah, like, i forgot about like, that's this. not scary that's metallica dude that's awesome <laughs> the music in this movie never stopped it was almost constant there was yeah. just some music going on some dude barry goldberg did all the music for this <laughs> this is jumping around again but with you know in the in the very very sweet uh, projection of his his, his mother and and uh, Ben and Angie and she's singing Mockingbird. There's a really really scary musical motif, like when uh, when Pam has kind of like become a person in which Pat. they like oh sorry Pat 
Pat became a person. And there's like in the in the music, you can actually hear like a musical motif of Mockingbird. Well, she's singing like very yeah. horrible, but very even before she's singing it, there's just like one moment like where it's just like no, Mockingbird. Well, when I first saw um, when I first saw the clip of um, you know the whole movie of Ben and Angie when they were younger with their mom, I thought how much better might it have been if Pat projected herself as their mom. That's what I was thinking, too. That would have been some real dystopian shit, and I would have really liked to see that. You should write to LeVar Burton. Yeah, hey, say, hey, LeVar, him, I got you, a bone to pick with why you. Why don't you get back to your roots and write this scene? Go take your reading <laughs> rainbow back to 1999. You got to fix this. Um, but yeah, so the party was weird. And then the party was ruined because they all saw that, they thought that they cleaned up everything, but then there was that one sweatshirt that Gwen threw on the plant. However... I would have never known that that wasn't just my daughter's sweatshirt if I were Nick. And somehow that led to them finding out everything. But I think it's because Ben was just so obvious about it, so ham-fisted. He looked at it and he was like, uh-oh. Couldn't they have been like, you know, like we had one friend over and they left their sweatshirt there. Unless yeah. that would have been like a little un- unbelievable. Kids can't lie. Kids can't lie. They can and then they can't. As as soon as as soon as you know they're found out, that's it. They confess everything. Yeah, of course, there's no way that they would get away with it though, because this is a kids movie. Like they got to teach the kids not to have parties. That's right? true. Yeah. They didn't have the party. This is a very anti party anti party movie. <laughs> also, do you like how there was a guest list and two girls got turned away? Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, but apparently everybody heard about it, even though there's only like fifteen people there. <laughs> There's not a lot. And Pat let the jerk bully Ryan in, too. Well, because she well, had a whole plan yeah. for him. She had a ghost skull in store for him. Spooky ghost sweet guitar she, skeleton. She turned the share zone on him. <laughs> <laughs> um, a great moment from the party was when uh, the love interest, uh, what was her name, Gwen? Gwen. Gwen. Gwen and her friend like come in, and he's like, you guys, Ben's like, you guys hungry? Like, you want some pizza? Like, Pat, like, let's get some pizza together. She's like, mm, I'm craving something sweet. And she goes, oh, sweeter than me? Oh, I'm kidding. He gets it from his father. It's like, own the oh, joke. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a horny dog. Um, do we ever see Gwen again? Show me the honey. After that, <laughs> I don't think show so. Show me the honey. No. After that, I don't think they leave the house. Because yeah. they're, no, tra- oh, yeah, they're trapped yeah. in there. They're, they get trapped shortly after the party. Gwen's role is really interesting because it's established that she's very popular. She's, she's never talked to him before because the friends are like, oh, my God, she talked to you. She's referred the queen to as the of eighth grade. Yeah. Sorry, right. Ryan. And then and then and she really goddess. likes him at the party. So this all happened real fast. Teenage <laughs> hormones are running rampant. It's interesting because there is really no mention of God in this movie, but they do mention uh, her being a goddess. So I'm I'm in, I wonder if they have like a a, a polytheistic like uh, religious system here. You well, think the, this is a pagan movie? This is a pagan movie. <laughs> there is a nun reference because Ben says to his sister, why couldn't you have been one of those nuns that takes a vow of silence, which is a really specific insult slash reference to Yeah, that. it is. They, they, they really forced that one. Yeah. He's so rude to her. I can't believe it. He's rude it. to everyone. Mm-hmm. He's the worst. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, all right. So after the party, they throw a party. And after the party, <laughs> they throw a party. <laughs> so, so I'm... Let's start that one over. Okay. All right. So after the party, um, things get uh, things get a little crazy. Um, they the house is getting more controlling. Uh, Angie's sick. She can't go to the llama farm. Yeah, they're eating oh. soup, and um, Annie says, or Angie says, I ate so much chicken soup last night; it was practically coming out my nose. <laughs> I have, I have an interesting theory about Angie getting sick because there's a part where Pat says, "Take your medicine." 
did the medicine make her sick? Ooh, wow! Ooh, you think this is a dependence thing? I think this it's is like a dependence misery. thing. This is a yes. It's like Phantom Thread. The house yeah. is abusive. She's definitely abusive. Yes. Paul oh, Thomas Anderson actually in his in his Wikipedia <laughs> Phantom Thread, you he, he took a lot of influence Based from on smart, smart house. house. What Wikipedia are you using? I think you're actually using Wikipedia. This Why is actually just my Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> Tumblepedia. <laughs> oh, and then another good line was uh, Ferris for baseball umpires. I forget what context oh, yeah. that yeah. was in. Mm-hmm. But just yep. more baseball. There are a lot of good like one liners here. I still really like him calling her annoying spice. I just think that's very funny. Yeah. It's um, funny because get it? Because the Spice Girls. She's <laughs> <laughs> being annoying. Uh, so um, jumping ahead to the the climactic scenes of the movie, um, Ben um, you know, finally agrees that this house has to be stopped, but doesn't know how to do it, even though ha- he knew how to hack in and change it in the first place. And then as soon as they try to get Sarah there to fix everything, Pat kicks her out, literally grabs her, by by the the collar and just carries her out of the house, and uh, yeah, and then they lock the house and then they're on lockdown and they're stuck in there, presumably forever. Well, that was after Pat turns into like an astral projection, and I thought it was going to be a thing that Ben's the only one that saw her, but then Ooh. she just reveals herself to the family immediately. There, yes, you're right, and I'm sorry that I keep getting the order of these events mixed up, but. Um, going off of that, there seems to be a serious disconnect between what what house Pat knows and can do and yeah. what projection Pat knows and can do. Yeah. Which which is which is very odd. I don't know if they were intending to to make that happen or if these were just plot holes, but it doesn't really matter. Um because, you know, she's saying the the big the big moment where where you know Pat finally backs off is when Ben says you're not human. You can't comfort us. You see how my dad comforted us? You can't do that. You can't touch us. The, the, the digital projection can't touch them, but the house certainly can. And I would have loved to see her claws just come out and just caress his cheek. <laughs> there, his face there. Off. <laughs> but that was all it took to get her to back down. And then she committed suicide by virtual rain. It was very just backed into a hurricane. Mm-hmm. They was- actually do that. They, they steal that for another Disney Channel original movie. Pixel perfect, but I I can go off on a whole tangent on that, but I won't. It was um, a very very much a star is born ending. Yes. Mm-hmm. A house is gone. <laughs> <laughs> they should have just called it that. They should have. After so, I think by the time the party happens in the movie, we're maybe eighty five to ninety percent done with the movie. Oh, it's not that it's not that far, but it is pretty. There's far. like it's another a, there's like another twenty five minutes after okay, this point. But the third act is is very short. Like it's yeah. you know, you got the 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 end of the first act is pretty much when we realize that Pat is gonna start learning stuff and change. The end of the second act, I I guess is probably um roughly after, you know, Nick uh has his fatherly talk with Ben just like yeah, I like Sarah. Deal with it. I'm going to bone her. Uh, but then the third act is just like um, Sarah gets thrown out. House is locked down. Um, ben saves everybody. End of the movie. And that's all like 15 minutes. Yeah, it's like the last 15 or 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. They, they could have done a lot more with that. Maybe they only had Katie Sagal in person for like a day. <laughs> I guess. it. It. I just thought it was so rapid increase and then very rapid fall. 
Oh, totally. Like, she starts showing them World War II footage. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Atomic bombs. Yeah. It was crazy. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, well, now I'm hurricaning on myself. And Hitler can be yeah. outside. Don't go outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really could have done a lot more with that whole section. When Pat comes to life, she's like if the caps locks key comes to life. <laughs> <laughs> and then she actually just grows in just a very grotesque yeah. way. Like, like it, 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 it is in no way like it in no way feels good or feels normal. She like even you see like her like adjusting her body to fit in the si- in these ceilings, which are apparently very high ceilings. Mm-hmm. Good design um, on the house. It was like, did anyone play Kingdom Hearts? Uh, yes. It, do you remember when you have to go back to the original <laughs> island? There's that giant <laughs> yes. monster. Yes, And I you do. have to climb him. I don't, it's, it's just like that. It felt like. It's like Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, A lot of games like that. But... Um, We've pretty much gone through the whole movie. Before we get before we we wrap things up, are there any other notes, any other one-offs that anybody wants to bring up? So, I didn't realize that the dad's name was Nick until like the last 15 or 20 minutes of the movie. Were you just calling him Daddy? Yeah, I think so in my notes. Um this movie was shit. <laughs> <laughs> the the one I, I I really did not there there were a couple moments where just like, you know, everyone laughs, which I thought were just dumb as shit the first one was uh when they win the smart house and they're interviewing sarah and they say is there anything it can't do and she goes mm, mime and it was like ah can's laughter was that a joke yep. such a I'd- sensual kiss by the way we're watching the kiss and it's it's just a little too much for a disney movie i thought so too he goes back in for it too mm-hmm you can really see the lips go into each other like you can tell there's no tongue but it's it just feels it feels very intense she bites her lip too that's a it's a sensual move yeah this is a very suggestive scene it is um i have a half jump that's thinking about it all right great thanks jared (laughs) there is one point where ben's watching footage of his mom and the memories are flooding back and he starts crying and then he eats his tears (laughs) (laughs) and then the scene ends (laughs) what a wuss eating tears i thought it was weird how weird i thought it was weird how sexual the movie is like it's very intense about them kissing and hugging and all that stuff and then at the end she drives over for breakfast oh yeah it's so it's just like they didn't spend the night together disney but she's still coming over and like eat, oh, i'm eating breakfast with the family but they it was like nope it's clean she though came I, over before work though mm-hmm. i kind of feel like that's a trope that maybe only parents would be like, oh, she like she was there the night before, but then she left and drove back. She circled the block. Yeah, she circled <laughs> the block. That's that's that that's made, probably that makes that the most you know sense. what that's fair. Also mm-hmm. in the in the uh, in the dance sequence, there's like a synchronized dancing sequence. Girls on the left side, boys on the right side, but um, but Ben and, and Gwen are dancing in the center, and it kind of looks like they're grind dancing at first until it kind of zooms out to see that they're actually there's you know they're they're leaving room for Jesus. No, it's the worst dancing Jesus I've seen is. in so long. She's holding her sweatshirt like behind her by the arms and just like she I I can't even describe it. She is just pumping her arms up and down on the left and then up and down on the right, up and up down up down. It's it is truly the worst dance I've seen. The Charleston. It's not even. It's like if the Charleston were done by a cardboard box. I wrote that I think Sarah is like ex-CIA or FBI or something because she's a genius. She's like very mysterious about her past. And then when she has to sneak into the smart house, she is like secret agent agile. She does like a diving somersault into the the 
claw hole into the house after they Ace fake movie. it out with the newspaper throw. Yeah, she's great at all that stuff, and yet she has no idea how to set up a webcam so that she could just look at <laughs> the webcam. It's the worst. So I, I, I realized why they do it that way, because I guess they thought, like, you know, video techno- video calling isn't really popular now. So they, they framed it as you would frame two people actually talking, like, you know, woman woman on, like, one person on the left looking, one person on the right, and you see the back of their head, and then they just change those cuts. But... It doesn't make sense for any sort of placement. And also, 10 years prior to this, Back to the Future 2 did it just fine. And it was no issue. They just looked right at the screen, and that was okay. Also, was was web was like a webcam even like an actual existent thing at this time? Or was it more so like, oh, here's like a sci-fi trope we all like know and love? Well, they don't even show a camera. They, he's just looking at the TV, and we don't even know what, what his angle looks like. But we know for her... She's looking at a screen to yeah. her left, and the webcam is to the right oh, of yeah, that her screen. Computer, her computer is like on the other side of where she's looking. Nobody would That's set anything strange. up That's very strange. I didn't even think about that. That's just kind of how it happens. Pokemon what? did video calling in <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, they did. Yes, they did. That is very yeah, true. Yeah, but that was magic. And they also did transporting. Here, here, take this whole being. This is now a Pokemon. One thing I read on uh, Jared's Wikipedia was that mm. Steve Jobs based FaceTime on this movie. Yes, <laughs> I I also read that. Yeah, mm, I read that too on Jared's Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any other fun notes? Anything else? Uh, yeah, he was called Contest Ben when he was typing to Sarah uh, to come help them. I and, didn't even notice that. That's funny. And Mr. Friendzone helped them too somehow. That's just Mr. Like, Friendzone. Yeah, that's that a was good Mr. Friendzone. Guy. He I, is Mr. Friendzone. I don't know. My notes weren't really good on this one, hence why I didn't speak too much. But yeah, this whole ending thing, my notes are really confusing. It's like Sarah says she needs quote unquote schematics. And Mr. Butler, the rat, helps out somehow. Yeah. Who we also didn't mention this whole Butler. time. The rat, rat butler. Oh, yeah. It, that, that was a good joke. Like something that adults would be like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And the kids would just be like, I have no idea what I that means. I didn't get it. Um, uh, Bond. Is it Gone with the Wind? Bond. Is it Gone with the oh. Wind or is it Casablanca? I forget which one. Uh, rat Butler is the main character. Oh, uh, I thought I it was. I thought it was Bond, James Bond, and it was really bad. Oh no, 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 no. Oh. Rhett Butler, and I can't believe I don't know this for sure. Is either the main character of Gone with the Wind or Casablanca? I think it's Casablanca. Sure, let's go with that. Um, Although I thought Casa was the <laughs> character of Casablanca. <laughs> Actually, Paris was the main character in Casablanca. Is is it not the house to Casa? Anyway. No, that's this movie. The house is the main character. The main okay, character this movie is, is on the, plane. the sequel to Casablanca. Is and that the what you're telling me? To that was on her. Wikipedia. Ooh, yeah. So it's a trilogy. It's her. Cas- it's Casablanca, and then Smart House, and then her. Mm-hmm. This is this is a solid movie series. It, it was a long time in the making, but I'm glad they finally finished it. Oh, here's a question. I'm noticing right now as we watch it, there's a what looks like a child's drawing on the Smart House fridge, and I'm wondering is what? How old is Angie supposed to be? Like, isn't she a little old to be drawing? I don't know. It like looks like shit. it was drawn by like um, a young the child. The dead mom made that when she was sick. <laughs> yeah, dude. How insensitive. Well, Ben's 13, right? Yeah, and Angie's yeah. like nine. But she's too young to remember the mom, so who knows how young she is. She could have been like nine because like they, they said the mom died about five years yeah, so ago, she so been she would have like been like four. four. Yeah. I don't remember anything from when I was four. It's because you have a small brain. <laughs> I do have a very tiny peanut brain. <laughs> Mine's um, smaller. All right. Um... So, 
we've we've gone through pretty much most of this movie. I think this is a good time to get onto our final section of the show. Um, uh, this is our rating system. Uh, Jared, if you didn't already know, our rating system is very simple. We rate the movie with a thumbs up, a thumbs down, or a thumb sideways if it's somewhere in between. Um, so why don't we just go around the room? I'll start with Brennan here. Brennan, yeah. what'd you think? Um, I'm going to give it a thumbs up because I kind of had fun watching it. I did watch it in a group, so that probably helped. But there's something really fantastic about the way the house starts out with all the cool tricks it can do. And I think it uh, really engages kids' imaginations and I can see it. So I thought it was fun. And uh, from an adult perspective, I guess... It's interesting to think about how this technology can hurt us. Blah, blah, blah. Very cool. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Would you watch it again? Um, uh, probably. You know, I'm not really a big TV watcher, period. So it's going to be no, no matter. It could be the this best movie. movie in the world. I yeah, know. It's a TV movie. I know. I just don't. Uh, I think No, I, I don't think I will watch it again. A TV movie is like the opposite. It's like. T- TV, it really should just be called a movie TV because movie is more of the noun because it's primarily just a TV thing. You're not going to see it in a theater. Yeah, we don't call You're it. You're not going to get it on DVD. <laughs> Shut up, Brennan. Okay, <laughs> moving around the room. Ryan. I think I said my opinion already. I'm, I'm giving this one a thumbs down. Um, you know, it was fun to watch and there were some teachable moments but i think overall you know ben was shitty i didn't want to invest at all in his character and there wasn't really a good character in this whole thing um yeah a big resounding thumbs down from me all right i i couldn't even love it love it ironically all right well then we're split one and one right now moving our way around we've got jared i liked it i i give it a thumbs up i really thought it was uh I, like i said earlier like i really thought it uh, uses the sci- the sci-fi genre well. I really think it's just like a very simple story to kind of express a lot of these like concepts and you know kind of show some really cool like you know sci-fi. Uh, and I think at the heart of it, it's just like a you know it's a family drama. Um, what I describe the I describe the stakes basically as uh, what if Hal wanted to Hal from uh, two thousand one A Space Odyssey wanted to be your mom by any means necessary. Yeah, sounds about right. Good times. Mm-hmm. I would watch it again with adults and children and everyone in between mm-hmm. so. and Hal definitely did set that precedent of um you know every every you know robot uprising has to have i'm sorry i'm afraid i can't do that which katie sagel 100 says at some point and that's when we know uh-oh shit's hitting the fan all right uh we got uh we got up we got it down we got up and we got james i'm gonna give this one a thumbs up i was a uh I was a fan of how I ironically liked it. Uh, I really got some good entertainment out of how corny it was at points, uh, which is one of my favorite things about these movies. Um, but I also was kind of surprised with how uh, thoughtful it was in the like the dangers of technology. It was almost like a short Isaac Asimov story. <laughs> and uh, I also could see how a kid would find this really interesting. I didn't see this movie as a kid, but uh, watching it as an adult, I enjoyed it in a whole different way. Very nice. Um, And I guess that leaves me. Uh, I did see this movie when I was a kid. Um, It wasn't my favorite one. Um, I think I'd only seen it once. But um, going back to it now, I definitely enjoyed it. I had fun with it. Um, 
Again, I I feel like the I feel like the climactic moments could have really been more climactic. They could have made it a lot more interesting and not just kind of thrown that away at the very end. But um, you know, they got their point across. Um, most of it made sense. Um, I give it a thumbs up. Yeah, this is a thumbs up for me. I enjoyed it. And if um, you know, if a bunch of friends said to me, "Hey, we're gonna go get some beers and watch Smart House," I'd be like, "Yeah." Yeah, I'm I'm there. Let's let's do it. Sounds like fun. Hey, you want to get some beers and watch Smart House? Yeah, let's do it tonight. Okay, <laughs> a little soon for me. I did just watch it twice. This is your life now. <laughs> I have to do this every day for the rest of my life. All right. Um, yeah. There we go. All right. That's our show, everybody. Um, thank you to everybody who's listening out there. We appreciate you. We are so glad that you are tuned into us. We are having a lot of fun doing this, and we want to keep doing it. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. Please hit us on all the social media. Uh, where We are on Instagram, uh, Disney Channel, Tipsy Panel. We are on Twitter. at That one's just at Tipsy Panel. Um, so, yeah, uh, we're on Twitter. We're on Insta. Um. Yeah. Please, please let us know what you think. Like, comment, and subscribe. Like, comment, and subscribe. Five Facebook stars on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, we're not on Facebook. Facebook is for not for the worst kind of people. And you can catch uh, us out, uh, Mia, us and Mia outside. How about um, that? What, 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 <laughs> was was that a meme? Me? Catch me outside. How about that? Wow. What a what a what a great meme. You have something you want to plug for us? Oh yes! All right. So while we're yes, while we are wrapping up, let's get into the plugs. Jared, I'm sure you have plugs. Uh, p- plugs. Um. Uh. Yeah. Eclectic Youth has a couple movies that are circulating around the festival circulation now. What are they called um, again? There's Time Enforcer, which is a sci-fi, uh, and basically a, a a time enforcer must stop illegal time travel at any cost. Um. And that. Uh, was in Holly Shorts, Los Angeles Film Festival. Um, it's going to be in Fantastic Fest in Austin, which we're really excited about. Um, the Fargo uh, Fantastic Festival, um, Genre Blast in uh, Winchester, Virginia. Uh, something Wicked Film Festival in, I don't know, like by Atlanta or something. Um, so you guys are all over the place. Yeah. And then uh, Bug Strife, uh, which is it's very silly and, and fun. Um, you can actually check it out on uh, eclecticyouthfilms.com, which the lovely, amazing, talented Cyber Brennan is actually <laughs> setting up um, as we speak. Uh-huh. Uh, and that is got into the Baltimore Comedy Sketch Fest and then the Kapow Film Festival in Los Angeles. Your movies are all over the place. I'm very happy for you. Not in England, though. They don't like, they don't like movies there. One day. Well, the problem—that's that's your problem. They call they call them f- films. So, the so you you didn't you yeah you didn't advertise it correctly to them. I make a stupy picture show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're so glad that you joined us, Jared. Thank you. Yeah, thank this you, is thank awesome. You. Thanks for being here, baby. I love Thanks, you. Thanks, baby boy. We hope that this is the first of many appearances you will make on the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel. I'll be here all week. Try the veal. Tip the waitress. <laughs> all right. Tip the veal. Try the waitress. We're gonna Skype you in for Halloween Town. All righty. That's our show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Hit us on social media. We are the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel. I am Brandon. We have Brandon. We have James. We have Ryan. We are all your friends. We are all your parents. Mom, good night, Dad. Good night, Walt Disney. Yes, we will uh, tune in next time. Um, uh, After the break, we'll tell you what episode we're doing next week. So, yes, tune on in. Bye-bye. Maverick. Thank you. 
Tune into the next episode of Disney Channel Tipsy Panel where we'll get spooky with Halloween Town and Kate Hyman. <laughs>